Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's podcast on mental health issues. We're back at Bill's. It's the highlight of the week, podcast time. We're 100% five-star reviews on iTunes at the moment. Get involved by leaving us a review in the iTunes store if you fancy, please. Coming up, we have Sarah Powell. She suffers from anxiety, like really bad anxiety, but Sarah has found loads of ways to deal with it. For her, it's about mindfulness and meditation, and that's the key to good mental health. So today we're talking about triggers and treatments. When did you first experienced anxiety so it's really hard to say I wasn't an anxious kid I don't remember being like super anxious but I remember we were going I was about 15 and we were going to see Blink 182 and there is an argument to say that would make anyone anxious but we were getting ready to go and I said to my friend I really remember saying oh I've got that weird tummy thing because that's where my anxiety kind of lives if you like mm. and you know it, and, and I remember having that and, and that was obviously a thing because I could say to her oh I've got that thing again but I never thought it was anxiety and I just felt worried. I was really worried about going, even though it was going to be brilliant and all my mates were there and we'd been really looking forward to it. But I just remember having this real kind of, almost like a dread. It was like a fear. It was, it was really odd, but there was nothing to be scared of. So that was my kind of first experience of it. And then I kind of assumed that was like a performance anxiety, you know, like I needed to 
be fun in some way or I needed to bring the party and mm. I suppose that that became a bit of a thing throughout nights out ahead of nights out that would be there it'd be like oh my gosh I've got to go out and I've got to be fun and I've got to make sure everyone has a really good time and what if I can't and that's a lot of pressure do you remember what you were scared of or was it just kind of a general dread of all things I think it was quite general I mean like I say I think it was a performance thing there was definitely around so everyone's got to like me what if I offend somebody what if you know what I mean like what if I fall out with somebody by accident and I can't make it up to them and they don't like me anymore that was very you know it was it was very present at that time so I suppose that's the only trigger I mean that's the thing about anxiety like it has its triggers but it's very happy to just exist on its own isn't it just be there in the background yeah it's really fun for that (laughs) definitely and like so was that the main thing you were scared that you might offend someone or upset someone or make people not like you I think it was I think it was people not liking me that was my kind of big thing and obviously you the thing is that can leak into everything then you know you, Mm. you can do that you go and buy coffee from somebody and what if you didn't say thank you nicely enough and then you overcompensate which is really annoying actually but also really exhausting you know it's a really exhausting thing so then I started getting tired like I get got tired and I think that's the that's the thing with anxiety you you you're spending so much energy doing what you're doing anyway getting up getting dressed having a shower you know and actually you've got this constant sort of running like I always think of it as like a generator asking questions all the time and coming up with second guessing thing and all the questions are what ifs so they've got no answers and that generator can just run and run and you know it'd be very happy to just keep going sort of it's like a tap that won't turn off I think it can leave you like physically exhausted totally I was really tired and then um, you know I mentioned the tummy thing it sort of affected my appetite and then I'd so so I wouldn't fancy eating which was incredibly unusual for me but then you know hours later when that adrenaline and and, you know those hormones had kind of gone you'd be really hungry but you'd want crumpets and you'd want sugar and you'd want all those stuff so I put on weight you know I was tired and putting on weight and yeah it just God, it's really boring as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's actually a really boring thing to keep going through and and keep being tired. And, you know, when you get tired of being tired and, yeah, so it's sort of, that was how it manifested itself physically. Was that the point where you decided, okay, I need to tackle this and get help? Just exhaustion of it. I was so bored of it. And I was, and so I kind of knew that I didn't, want to do medication I thought I'll try other things and I would never you know we you, I heard you talking about um another episode of mentally yours when you were saying there can be a snobbery you know around uh, prescriptions and mm. things like that pill shaming yeah there is there really is and I think that's a thing and I and I would never judge anyone for how they want to tackle their mental illness and I've got friends who it's been I mean, it's saved people's lives, you know, it's changed people's lives. And it's so awesome that it's there as a thing that can do that for people. And I thought, well, for me, I think because it didn't totally cripple me, you know, although I wasn't living my best life, I was still managing to go to work. I was still kind of out and about and with people. So I thought, well, because it's not completely kind of, I was never in the stage when I couldn't get out of bed. And I feel really grateful for that. So I thought, I'll try other things to manage it, and if I can't find anything, then I'll go to the doctor and then I'll kind of pursue that. So I sort of went on this sort of 
like magical mystery tour. I mean, I lived in Brighton, so, you know, I mean, people, <laughs> you'll be stood at the bus stop and somebody will talk to you about your chakras. Do you know what I mean? So I sort of went down this really kind of uh, alternative sort of healing um, and I did Reiki and I did God, I did all sorts I did acupuncture I did um, cranial therapy loads and loads of stuff and then that brought me on to mindfulness eventually mm-hmm. so which of those have you found the most beneficial we talking about mindfulness yeah mindfulness and homeopathy definitely mm-hmm. I still really like homeopathy the idea is that through homeopathic remedies they can sort of naturally treat pretty much anything you know it's not just kind of mental health they they can treat physical um problems so but the lovely thing is you go and talk to them you speak to them for a whole hour you kind of lay everything out and then they give you remedies so you are taking something every day which is kind of helping you know to bring you back to that mindset of i'm changing and i'm addressing this problem and things are things are sort of happening so for me that i really enjoyed that process and then yeah the homeopath said oh have you thought about mindfulness and i had never even heard of it Mm. and so i went on a day course for uh at the school of life so what did they sort of take you through well the first exercise he gave us a raisin to examine and we had to look really close and you know what it's like when you're in those situations sometimes and I was there with my sister and I was like I can't look at her because there's a potential here that we could giggle at looking at the raisin and actually then you get really into it and you realize that actually this is about pausing and this is about examining something that you you would never look at normally you would just you know never take any time over and it's and it's about it's about giving your attention to something and focusing your mind in that way and through doing that because mindfulness is all about meditation which again I didn't know so when I first started doing it I mean I my experience in meditation was like stuck on the end of a yoga class when I'd be like oh it's the meditation bit great we can all lie down Mm. that was it that was my only kind of experience of it so when you meditate what you're able to do is put a bit of distance between you and your thoughts Mm -hmm. and by doing that you can kind of sift out the stuff that's real that you're actually worried about which you know things that we all have that stress us out whatever it is and you can be really kind to yourself which is which I love you know you can go oh that's actually a problem like I'm actually nervous about doing that cool I'm going to be kind to myself about it But what you're also able to do is identify the stuff that isn't real, that is just the chatter and is just the generator and all that kind of stuff. So that's what it's able to do. And obviously, for anxiety, all, you know, anxiety is that voice that tells you and dictates things. And then obviously your body starts to get physical and your emotions follow on because those thoughts are so strong. Mm. So if you can kind of see those thoughts and not block them, not go, I'm not going to think that anymore, don't think that, oh my God, what if I carry on thinking that? You can just go, oh yeah, those thoughts are there, they exist, but they're not real. Mm. So yeah, that's what it kind of has given, that's what it's enabled me to do. Would you recommend that if anyone else was interested in mindfulness, they should also stare at a raisin for about 20 minutes? Yeah, <laughs> don't worry about a raisin. Don't get stuck into dried fruit. It's not necessary. Apricot. Apricot. Banana chips. Yes. If you want to, yeah. I mean, knock yourself out. I, courses are great if you can find one, but actually, 
I love the Headspace app. I've started I using that. Oh, great. How do you, yeah. do you like it? Yeah, I love it. I'm Good. Like, I feel quite smug because I'm, um, I'm almost at the end of stage three. Okay. So I'm quite excited about that. Level three or whatever it is. Yeah. So you work up, for people who haven't tried it, you work up these different levels and um, there's sort of, I think there's about 10 in each of them. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I've almost got to the end of... The, the, the level three and at the end of level three you're then allowed to try all these other ones so I'm, yes. quite, I'm quite excited about that there's a world yeah. it's like they open the back of the sweet shop and they go look yeah. at all this now yeah. And you, yeah so you do yeah you do 10 sessions they're 10 minutes each aren't they that's the, right the, yeah. the sessions and it's really it's just it makes it so simple doesn't it like mm. i don't know if you'd meditated much before i'd i suppose i was a bit like you so i, I I used to do yoga when i was much younger and so yeah there was that bit of meditation at the end where you sort of Oh, maybe go to sleep, maybe yeah, not. You yeah. know, just like have a bit of a rest, like you say. Um, I'd kind of tried it myself a little bit, um, just on my commute in the way in, just on the train. I used to try just on my own, sort of with like a, a word, because I'd heard that was an idea. And it, that was kind of nice, but I used to sort of, it was sort of patchy, like I'd forget to do it. Whereas I quite like the app, because you have these little stages to go through. That's kind of kept me focused, because I want to yeah. do the next one the next day. Yeah. Whereas if it's just me randomly sitting on the train repeating the sort of same word and stuff it's kind of it's not really as exciting I think it's really hard to do it on your own mm. I think you're right and I think this is this kind of lays it on for I'm very lazy so if somebody's done it all for me and I just have to listen to it and just do what he says that's great for me mm. um, so I do yeah I really like that so mindfulness you do that regularly now are there any other things that you, just, you think in particular have helped now managing your anxiety well I have to confess Yvette I don't do it as regularly as I would like to. I want to do it every day. And mm. I know, don't, well, don't think I'm perfect, for God's sake. I meditate, try to meditate every day, and I don't get to do it every day because time, it's time. That's what we all, you know, and, and you think, oh, it's 15 minutes. And there is this saying that, that if you can't find an hour to meditate you need to find two hours to meditate because you really need it mm. and we just that's just our lives you know we we can't sometimes and people say meditate when you first wake up mm. but I just fall back asleep I'll just if oh. I'm in bed that'll be it I can't do it so and then I tend to do it before I leave the house but I'm always late leaving the house so it's just finding it's just making space for it and that's what self-care is isn't it you know and I think self-care gets pushed lower and lower down the list really you know mm. when we've got we've got work or we've got kids or we've got whatever I mean I don't even have children like my anxiety gets hold of that a lot like you don't even have children and you can't find time to meditate mm. but that's you know we're busy we're all busy or you know we get stuck on Instagram for 35 minutes or you know we get caught up so it is a commitment um but it's God, every time I do it, I'm like, I need to meditate every day. This is this has changed my life. I feel completely different. So, yeah, it's um, it's it's it is a big commitment. And the the kind of the obvious things, you know, lots of sleep. I'm really sad that booze is so bad for anxiety because I love wine and gin and all the other drinks. And it, I always notice if I've not drunk for a few days, I'm like, oh, I feel. My head's a bit clearer. Oh, and I never really want to admit that it is because I haven't had any wine. But mm. I do think that there's something in it. Water, I just think, you know, I don't drink enough water. And every time I get back on it, I'm like, oh, God, I've got so much energy. It's because I'm hydrated. So it's just, it is boring things like that that just need to kind of 
be committed to and they'll yeah help how do you make sure you stay committed to those things oh. and motivate yourself to oh, meditate Ellen, i don't know um i think and i have spent you know i did that mindfulness course five years ago and it and i still don't meditate every day so it's taken a lot of back and forth of going no I can't be bothered or no sort of exhausting all the excuses in a way of no I don't have time no I can't be bothered but then you just end up being tired of being tired and tired of being anxious so mm. that's it is it's a hard commitment but it's I want to say you're worth it which is an awful phrase to say <laughs> stolen from L'Oreal but it's true you are do you know what I mean it's it's and everything else will try and get in the way and also I think you know we still have in our culture sort of self-care is almost seen the same as self-indulgence like you know there's a little bit of um oh well I'm going off to meditate actually and it's like oh you know oh get you so I think there's that which has got to go as well Mm. actually you know um to be able to say no I need this and I'm going to do it no definitely I think there is very much an idea that if you're doing it, you're either kind of being lazy or you're yeah. like hippy-dippy, just like, oh, That's I need it. to meditate yeah, and do yoga. Or, yeah, yeah, you're a yummy mummy doing yeah, yoga. There's exactly. that, isn't it? I'm so far from a yummy mummy. <laughs> so far from it. Same. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's difficult to explain to people like, no, I'm doing this because it's genuinely important yeah. and it's mm. kind of essential for my health. Yeah, that's you it. Know? That's it. And, and to just, but people still, I think self, yeah, people sort of see it as a bit of a treat somehow. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't a luxury. This is, yeah, this is essential. Yeah. This is really important. Um, so that's a, that's a mind shift that I think we need to look at. Yeah. Mm. And I think our own like stigma towards it as well, because it's not just other people saying, oh, you're being lazy or whatever. I think it's internal a lot oh, of the time as well. Totally. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the hideous voice, isn't yeah. it? That can just, I mean, it will feed you all sorts, you know, and also some days I think, well, that was pointless. I meditated like today, actually, weirdly, I meditated today and I was like, I just thought about what shoes I was going to wear for the whole thing. This was ridiculous. And then an hour later, you're out and about. And I just thought, actually, yeah, that was great. I'm really glad I did that. So it's, you know, your mind, that anxiety will try and go, no, don't meditate. No, you don't need that. <laughs> don't worry about that. That's just how anxiety talks, by the way. <laughs> That's the that voice of anxiety. <laughs> what do you think the differences are? Can you kind of explain? Because I think some people who haven't had anxiety don't really understand how it's different to being like a bit anxious or getting a bit nervous. So you yeah. mentioned some, you mentioned about it being sort of like thinking you're not in your tummy. Yeah. But can you sort of just describe it sort of generally like how it's different to like, I don't know, I might get a bit nervous about doing a presentation. which is completely normal. Like, who wouldn't? And actually, Mm. for a long time, I think I thought everybody had it, but everyone was getting on really well with it. Everyone Mm. was just getting on with it. And actually, you know what it's like. You talk to people and you go, oh, God, really? You really feel like that? Like, you know, and it's almost other people, in a way, their reaction. Their sudden shock and horror in what you're saying. Oh, my God, really? You look, no, I don't have that. And then you go, right, okay, this is a thing. So for me... um, Definitely, I get really tired. It's a voice in my head that goes over and over and over. And sometimes it gets really mean, you know, Mm. like those horrible things that you would never say to another person. And things that if somebody said them to you, you'd be like, I'm never seeing this person again. Like, you know, so that's a really odd thing. So 
Yeah, it's a loud voice asking lots of questions, a lot of, lot of what ifs, and also doing this crazy risk assessment on everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, what if I get on this train and, I, and my bag gets nicked? You know, things like that. Like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if I, oh gosh, what if, what if I forget my keys? What if I get locked out? What if it's this? What if I run out of battery? I don't know. Just it can be like, you know, so petty right through to really kind of heavy sort of stuff. Mm. So, I mean, I have had anxiety attacks, which I don't, for me, the way I understand a panic attack is that it's, uh, incredibly physical, like you think you're going to die, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it really affects your breath and your chest. And for me, an anxiety attack is more the thoughts just get too much. Like, and then what to wear, any sort of decision, what, what I'm going to do next is just too much. And at that point, I mean, I've cried and things like that in those moments. Um, so I've only, but I've only had those probably 10 times you know those those moments they're not a regular sort of thing for me um but it can get that physical and definitely i get um this is attractive i get stress bloats sometimes yeah really nice really lovely uh, great in a one piece um so that's i mean that's another physical thing headaches as well i've had really bad tension headaches mm. that i didn't even know were a thing until i went to a spa and they had you know tick the boxes do you have any of these and it's attention headaches. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I do have those. That's what that will be. So it, it can get really physical and, and, it, and then it's exhausting, you know, mm. really sort of tired by that point. Well, we are really very angry about this shit. Yes, we are really very angry about this shit. So this week, I'm really angry about the way that young people who have mental health issues are treated on the NHS. Um, I'm not happy about the way that anyone's treated on the NHS, to be honest, because we all have really long waiting times, the time it takes to see um, therapists, takes ages. I really don't feel there's the sort of support that we need. But in particular, um, young people face quite sort of severe difficulties at the moment on the NHS. Um, they have to tra- travel very far for M- NHS care, mental health care. Um, I read a story at the end of last year about a 19-year-old Um, who had to travel nearly 400 miles from her family just to get treatment. So, I mean, having experienced mental health issues in my teenage years, one of the things that helped me personally was the fact that I saw my family every day. I was at an outpatient's unit and they took me to a, a place that was maybe about half an hour drive from where we lived, maybe sort of half an hour, 45 minutes. So the idea of sort of being sent away 400 miles, completely away from all your family and friends, is just absolutely terrifying and mm. horrifying. Um, and it so, must yeah. feel like being banished as well, like you're being banished from mental health issues, like you have to leave your normal life, which must be horrible. Yeah, I think maybe people don't like to think about the fact that children have mental health issues, that teenagers have mental health issues, um, especially sort of... I think there's a lot of idolization still that people think oh yeah your teenage years are the best years of your life or your childhood's this golden sort of thing but the fact is it's not like that for a lot of us and well it's quite common for um, mental health issues to manifest in teenage years so we need the support basically we need much better support um yeah we need more funding we need more beds and um yeah i'm very angry about that well my GP is in Enfield because that's where I'm still registered 
and that is very north London and I actually live in very south London so that is a massive faff to go to my GP mm. but I just have to accept that I'll do it and if I did get physical therapy which I doubt will happen anytime soon then I would have to travel back and forth to Enfield mm. but it is a massive drain and it does put people off getting help if they have to travel that far to do it yeah the girl that I read about it I think it got into news just because it was so horrifyingly shocking yeah she lived in the south and she had to get treatment up in Scotland so it was that far that's insane why why is that just because there was a lack of lack of specialist treatment that's just but yeah you can imagine um obviously sort of for parents they're going to be going up as much as they can but yeah. just the cost of doing that the time to take out their sort of working lives but friends as well I mean just young people can't afford that sort of no not train at all or it's no, I think insane. especially when you're when you're a young person when I look back on my youth um it's not even just that there's already so much other stuff you're dealing with especially especially with mental health issues where I feel like you're dismissed so often like you're just like oh you're just having hormonal mood swings or you're just going through a phase or whatever so it's so much harder to get help in the first place and then to have that added barrier put on it's just it's embarrassing that as a society we're still doing that Stupid crap, my brain has told me that's for I am. Oh, stupid, 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 stupid. Oh. So stupid crap, my brain often tells me at 4am is just that everyone hates me and I suck and I'm messing up all of my relationships, both friendship and otherwise. And yeah, just everyone secretly hates me because I'm rubbish. I don't hate you, Ellen. Thank you. That's one person. <laughs> I believe you now, but at 4am, maybe not. But it's just a constant... And I know logically they probably don't because I think if people hate you, they would just cut you out of their life. But just late at night, you just imagine, what if my boyfriend's not actually with me because he likes me? It's out of because, like, obligation or something? Because he said, oh, I signed up to do this. But then secretly he's like, oh, I hate this girl. No. And same with friends as well. Just, just a big concern. Common concern. I think for anyone with depression, it will pop up sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I do understand that because of having depression as well. You do kind of all the anxiety and sort of a fear and yeah, and I think especially overthinking as well. Overthinking like if for sure. the minute anybody says anything, like if someone says, if you hear like ninety nine positive things from someone, you'll remember the one kind of slightly possibly negative one. Yeah, and then you'll focus on that for ages. Or even the neutral one. You'll just somehow spin that into a negative in some way. Yeah, and forget about all the positive exactly. ones. Exactly. And I think in general, when you have depression, you kind of dislike yourself so much and view yourself in this very inaccurate way that you can't understand that other people maybe view you in a completely different way and actually think, you know, you're quite... You're great or you're really cool or funny. You might find this quite cheesy, but I'm pretty sure one of... Um, my friends at one point, I don't know if she still does this, but she had um, she had a nice book that she used to sort of write down nice things that people had said to her or texted her or, you know, like positive things because then you've actually got a record of nice things because your brains are horrible to you. Like, mm. Well, my brain is horrible to me sometimes. too. Because it will remember the bad stuff and then completely forget the good stuff. So, yeah. I think that could be handy, honestly, because yeah. it is kind of a mental the opposite exercise. to a burn book I suppose yes <laughs> self 
healing book. <laughs> I don't really know the right phrase. You need to think of a snappier title. Yeah, it's not as catchy as Burn Book. Because mm. originally I was thinking, well, I could just give you a little bit of paper saying, I don't hate you, Ellen. But then I thought, well, that's not enough, is it? We need to have some more of yeah, all the other people child. in your life that are sort of saying, you know, you're great. Yeah. Got really good hair. Thank you. Someone else, I keep getting that compliment this way. I think because I wrote about not liking my hair. So yeah, I couldn't believe that. I was just like, what? It's a, it looks nice when I, it gets done. You should see, I'm going to do it natural next week and everyone will be shocked. It's naturally curly, which is like my dream. Very curly. Mine just hangs. My anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, in general, I think compliment book is probably a good idea. And I think just forcing myself to be quite strict and quite logical, where it's like, of course people don't hate you because they hang out with you and they you know they tell you that they love you and stuff like that clearly they don't hate you i think just repeating that over and over again so this is goodbye from mentally yours so go away enjoy your day get on with all your chores from mentally 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 yours mentally yours mentally yours If you've suffered from any of the things that came up today, have a look at the Samaritans. Visit samaritans.org or call for free on 116123. And if you want to talk to us more, you can say hello on Twitter. We're at Mentally Yours with YRS instead of yours at the end. Also, if you've not already, please, please subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a review. Thanks to our guest Sarah Powell and to our friends at Bills. And big shout out to Jules and Sarah, the podcast. We've been listening and it sounds ace. They are our first podcast friends. We'll post a link on our Twitter, at Mentally Yours. The producer of Mentally Yours is Sam Bonham with music from Lucy Baker. See you next week. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.